You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 199. The bottom line is the reason people aren't getting high ticket is usually because of how they're being in the whole entire process from start to finish. In other words, how are they doing enrollment? How is their messaging? Is their messaging solid enough where when a person gets to an enrollment call with you and then you quote your fee, they're not surprised that you're not cheap. Right. That's, that's how it It has to be sound from start to finish, all of it. And if there's any, any piece of it that's out of alignment, then you'll run into price objection. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello, and thanks for being here. Welcome to our 199th episode. That lights me up to say that because that means for years now, I've been able to bring to you different experts in the field, different perspectives, different journeys that coaches and other professionals have walked to enlighten you to be able to share their expertise with you and help your coaching journey be that much stronger. And that has been a real joy. The guest that I've chose for the 199th episode is special in that way that I know that what you're going to hear today is going to change some things for you. It's going to shift your perspective and challenge you to think about things in a different way. My guest is Chris Kenny. He is a high ticket sales mastery mentor. His key focus is to show entrepreneurs how to break their money rules so that they can master high ticket sales, they can rapidly accelerate their income, and then live lives of uncommon freedom and choice. Now that might sound like, yeah, sure. But the reality is, I've had the honor of knowing Chris for a while now. And I know that he works with a couple of my really good friends and has multiplied their businesses through the work that they've done with him, the mind shifts that they've had in working with him, and the way that they've invested in themselves and in their businesses to create impact and change for their clients and in their own lives. Now, Chris was the keynote speaker at the All Texas Retreat last year and just really knocked everybody's socks off. He did a delightful job, and you will experience that same energy in our interview today. We're going to talk about not just sales and marketing, but we're going to talk about how you can look at that through a different lens. And then Chris is also going to share with us his model and how he manifests his seven-figure coaching business. 
And he just shares that with us. He just pulls it out and shares his secret sauce with us right in today's interview. There is so much information that comes through today's interview that I actually had a hard time picking the opening clip that you just heard because I couldn't decide between all the things that he shared which piece I wanted to lead the interview with. So be prepared for greatness and let's go to our interview with Chris Tenney. Chris Kenny, I want to welcome you to the Star Coat Show. I have so been looking forward to having our talk. Oh, me too. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, and you bring something that the audience needs to hear about. Coaches adore you. I was thrilled to be able to be at the All Texas Conference when you did our keynote there, and coaches just eat you up with a spoon. So I know my audience is going to adore what we talk about today. So when we think about building businesses, it's one of those things that coaches know they need to do, but they just want to do the coaching. They, and I think sometimes they get paralyzed by thinking, how do I build a business? How do I scale it up to a place that I can actually afford to coach rather than have to do something else to afford to coach? And you have your own story of, of you know, moving past money obstacles and getting to a place of building a business that you can absolutely afford to do what you want and do it well. So that's what we're going to be focusing in on today, if you're good with that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Happy to share. So let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit about what brought Chris to where he is today. Wow. What brought me to where I am today? Man, there's a lot. As broad as I can be there. Yeah. I'll tell the kind of like the thumbnail version of it. I I was in corporate America. I spent 12 years selling payroll services. And I found myself just in that place where I was constantly chasing a quota and chasing a quota. And every time I'd start to hit the quota, the next year they'd raise it and then they'd raise it again. And then they'd take my territory and make it smaller. And so it was just getting harder and harder. And I was getting more and more burned out and less and less fulfilled. So back in 2008, I took the leap and made the decision to step out and go out and start coaching people. And it was incredibly nerve wracking, incredibly scary, tested all of my beliefs, my beliefs about money, my beliefs about myself, being good enough. Because what I found was it was incredibly easy for me to sell other people's stuff, but I had no idea how to sell my own. I had absolutely no idea how to go about that. So I stepped out into the realm and then realized right away that I was very natural at getting in front of people. Mm-hmm. So getting in front of people wasn't my worry, but I had no idea how to sell. I can sell like, how do you sell coaching? I knew how to sell payroll services for a right. you know, multinational you know, huge company, but selling my own coaching was a completely different animal. And when, when I learned how to do that and I learned how to do it in a way that was authentic and in a way that was real, not pushy, completely in service. One of the things that I teach is sales is not something you do to someone. It's something you do for someone. Mm-hmm. So that was super important for me. So learning how to, how to sell and how to do it effectively, I think it was also super important that I had a really targeted niche. So my target market at that time was I was only selling to people that were in Mary Kay Cosmetics, believe it or not. Really? 
Yeah, I ended up really well known in that in that realm. So I, I was selling a training called Boost Your Business by Overcoming Sales Call Reluctance. And it was a five-hour workshop that taught people how to get over their fear of selling. And the interesting thing is once once I got into a couple of groups where there was a lot of Mary Kay consultants, I, I found one director that really loved my work and she put me in front of her people. Mm-hmm. And then it spread like wildfire. So that year I ended up traveling all around the US and delivering that training to that market. And I became the guy that was really well known for helping people overcome fear of selling. Which is obviously very important for people who are running their own businesses selling cosmetics. Yes, they, they were totally afraid to sell at that particular moment. And so that went incredibly well. And then as the business started to really, really grow, and my calendar got more and more full, I had to raise my prices because I was out of, out of time. I had filled my practice. So the only way you know, to scale was you know, I had to put my fees up. So I started raising my fees and then I felt guilty because their commission structure wasn't such that I felt like they could recoup their investment with me. Mm. So then I moved out of the Mary Kay market and started coaching female entrepreneurs. And I did that for a couple of years and then found that I really resonated with coaching coaches and teaching coaches how to build coaching businesses. So I went right out of the female entrepreneur market, right into the coach market. And I've been in the coach market since then. That was probably around 2012. And now here we are in, in 2020 and I'm still going. So it's been super fun. So that's, that's kind of the shortened version. And my gosh, the self-development. I always tell people, if you want to take the biggest journey in self-development ever, own your own company. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's, yeah. That's, that's what it's been like for me. A ton of self-development along the way. So when you work with coaches, what kinds of things do you work with them to achieve? Yeah. You know, I meet them where they are, first of all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not that I've worked with some coaches that are just starting and I've also worked with coaches that are, you know, eclipsing a hundred thousand, you know, six figure income and they want to go to, you know, half million or 750K or even seven figures. Mm -hmm. So it really depends where they are. But I would say most, most commonly it has to do with making sure that their niche is incredibly targeted. You know, how do they get more targeted with their niche? Because if they're, if you're trying to, target everyone, you're targeting no one. And in most situations, most people are too broad. They're trying Mm -hmm. to cast too wide a net. So it's getting them incredibly narrow, then teaching them, how how do I market to that individual? What type of language do I need to use? How do I, how do I communicate my message in such a way that it will attract clients to me? Mm -hmm. So we do some work on that. And then once we get that sorted, then we talk about how do you do enrollment? In other words, how do you do effective enrollment, actually learn how to sell coaching. But when the, the thing that is really fascinating when I'm working with people that haven't had quote unquote sales training before, and I hate to say right. sales training because everybody puts it in that box, like the corporate box of what sales training would be. When you're well, selling although coaching- it, Although that doesn't necessarily have to be bad. I think that there's this, no. this mindset that selling is bad. And so, but yes, with your- Okay, sales training. Tell go go with that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, it's okay. It's what coaches I think need to realize is an effective sales conversation is more like a coaching conversation than anything else when it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. Great sales conversations involve 
becoming incredibly curious, becoming incredibly in service to your potential client, asking really good questions, really deep questions, um, engaging in really active listening. You know, people say, oh, I'm introverted. I'll struggle with selling. If you're introverted, you actually have an advantage because you're more conditioned to listen. And it's those that listen better that are actually better sellers than those that talk more. So talking less when selling is actually a really good thing. You want to be asking questions and you want your potential client talking. So basically, it's we get the target market very specific. We get the messaging where it needs to be. And then we teach people how to actually sell. And oftentimes, Meg, it doesn't happen every time, Mm -hmm. but it happens quite often that they'll know they're undercharging. So then we're, you know, we're coaching on, you know, how do you own your value? How do we get your confidence and your belief to a place where you can actually charge a higher price and get it? So That's, good. That ends up being very significant in my work. I tend to attract people that go, yes, I'm, yes, I'm undercharging. Yes, I want to charge more. Can you please teach me how to go about that? And then what I found is most people are coming in with the belief that here's the question I get. Where do I find high ticket buyers? Where do I find them? It's like they're on this deserted island. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, didn't you know you're supposed to take a left at that intersection? And you've been taking a right every time. (laughs) But the answer to that question is that they're already in your experience. And that's not the answer that people usually want. But that's the truth. The, The bottom line is the reason people aren't getting high ticket is usually because of how they're being in the whole entire process from start to finish. In other words, how are they doing enrollment? How is their messaging? Is their, is their messaging solid enough where when a person gets to an enrollment call with you and then you quote your fee, you, they're not surprised that you're not cheap. Right. That's, that's how it It has to be sound from start to finish, all of it. And if there's any, any piece of it, that's out of alignment, then you'll run into price objection. So whenever we've made those changes and got people really honed in and really specific on their targeting, got their messaging right, and then we teach them how to do enrollment, when they get to the price, the people aren't aren't shocked. They're just not shocked. And, and, And it's understanding that price is only expensive because it's being compared to something else. Price is only expensive because it's being compared to something else, right? Like it, it, it's only cheap. Right. 500 is only expensive because it's being compared to 100. But right. we take that same, same 500 and we compare it to 2000 and now 500 is cheap because it's being compared to something else. So it's learning the skill set of how do I um, market myself in such a way and message myself in such a way that people are comparing you to something that's higher level. You see what I mean? Right. No, uh, yeah. So if, in fact, you're acting like you're sold at the dime store, then you're going to be treated like you're sold at the dime store. And if you're acting like you're a Nordstrom, then you're going to be treated like you're Nordstrom. Yeah. How are you being in the whole entire process? Right. And are you owning your value from start to finish? Because nobody, nobody, when I quote my fee, and this isn't bragging, it's just they're not surprised. You know, you know what I mean? I've been doing this for a long time and I, and I know the ways of being and mm-hmm. I think I've you know, really grown into and evolved into a way of being that allows me to charge what I charge. You know, you know what I mean? And, it's, right. and that's what I want to teach to others. And it, it hurts my heart that there's so many coaches out there that haven't learned this and then they end up out of business 
and then the world doesn't get their message. And, and we're in the helping profession. I mean, if people in the helping profession can't survive and stay in business, that has a massive ripple effect on the world. It certainly does. So when you think about how to scale your business, what are, you know, is it this mindset and this undercharging value, is that sort of the crux of it? It is in most cases. It is in most cases in terms of if somebody wants to scale quickly, you know, there's, there's a couple of different models that one can use. So you can use a, a high volume, low investment model, right? Mm-hmm. And that can work for scaling with leveraged programs. In other words, all group work. And then if you're a person who would prefer to have a more boutique style business and a boutique style business is a business that has, it runs very compact, you know, maybe yourself in a, in a VA, maybe yourself a VA and maybe a copywriter that you have on or something like that, mm-hmm. but it runs very compact and it's boutique because you're serving, you know, maybe you'll service 20 people a year, but you're servicing them at a higher price point. Mm-hmm. So that can be a two, $300,000 business if you're charging 30K for your coaching program. You know, 30 people at, or I'm sorry, 10 people at 30,000 is a $300,000 coaching company. Right. So if somebody wants to move quickly, learning the skill set of selling at a higher price point is by far the fastest way to do it. But that doesn't, that's not what everybody wants. You know, it's right. going to be a matter of what model do they resonate with. And then we want to get their model, you know, in the shape that they want it right? And teach them how to, how to scale that. Cause some people would rather scale, you know, a high volume low investment model. So clarity, once again, you listening to what your client wants and then being able to move from that conversation of you doing a needs assessment, you trying to determine what does this client want? And I just want everybody to hear that the coaching skills that you have, that you use with your clients, once they become your clients, are so helpful in that beginning to the, the, the exploration, the determining what services they really need and how you can potentially meet those services. Yeah, it's all about being, being interested rather than being interesting. Being right. interested versus being interesting, it makes all the difference in the world. And then being willing to ask, being willing to, willing to ask questions and stop Uh, People always ask, how do I convey value? How do I convey value? How do I get people to see my value? How do I get them to see my value? Um, And it's done through questions. It's not done through you explaining it. Because, you know, here's the thing. They'll, They'll always argue with what you say, but they'll never argue with what they say. So you have to learn how to ask the right questions so that your potential client says, that you're a great solution. So your potential client says what they'll get out of working with you rather than you saying what they'll get. You see what I mean? It all, no, I know. It, exactly. it, has to come exa- it has to come right out of them. If it's coming out of you, they'll argue with it in their mind. They might not, you know, move into right. a, you know, a verbal altercation right. with you, but they're, they're not quite certain. But when they say it, there's a certainty that happens very naturally. Well, it's so interesting because what you're talking about, you know, one of the courses that I teach at, at for two coaches at UTD is motivational interviewing, which is all about our c- clients talking themselves into their right. own motivation, their own belief about change, their own belief in themselves. And this is exactly what you're talking about, but just through the lens of the sale between the, in the lens of them investing in themselves to work with you. Yeah. And one of the keys to it, 
Meg, is especially if somebody wants to sell at a higher price point, one of the things that's so incredibly important is that they don't make, make the sale about money. You know, if you are in a place where you're, you're attached, meaning I'm attached to getting this money, I need right. this money, you have, an, you have this attachment, your potential clients will sniff that out uh, and they'll object all day. But if you come in with commitment versus attachment, I'm committed but I'm committed to the transformation that this can bring for a person and it has nothing to do with the money. If you can get yourself into that energy and still quote a high fee and not make it about the money, you have a, you have a chance at closing high ticket clients. As soon as it's about the money, it's done. It doesn't so, happen. No, it, you're exact. The minute we're attached to the outcome, it becomes this, the whole, the whole energy changes. Completely, completely. And if you have no attachment, you're committed, you want the result for them, but you're not, but it's not about the money. It comes off as complete service. And that's, that's what we need. So good. Now you have something called a think model. What, what's that all about? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like my process for creating what I want, because when, when I look at my business and this shocks people, right? I have never, I run a seven figure coaching company. And I have never, ever had a complex marketing funnel. I don't do funnels. Um, I, don't do, I don't do complex things. I keep things incredibly simple. And I've always been able to market through a process of manifestation. And that people just go, what? And I'm, that's absolutely true. And I can't, I can, I know how to do like marketing. I get it. Right. We, we do market. But like when I think about where I get these high ticket enrollments and I'm able to get them again and again and again and again, it's through, it's through a manifestation process. So that's what the think model represents. And I can tell you exactly what's in it. So think, awesome. if you think of it an acronym, so T-H-I-N-K, right. the think or the T is think about what you want. So think about what you want. And I, and I always challenge people on this because that means Think about what you really, really want, not what you think you can do, what you really, really want. That's different. Most people yeah. say, if they're relatively new, I say, what, what do you want? They say, I want a, a $100,000 coaching business. And then I will ask, well, what if it was 300000 And they go, oh my God, oh my God, 300000 I can have a new house, a new car, I can live in a new neighborhood, I can put the kids through private school, I can, I can you know, go skiing four times a year and travel to Hawaii, and they get super excited. So how about 300000 They go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So what they really wanted was 300, but what they thought they could do was 100. So you know what I mean? Think right. about what no. you really, really what you want. Really want. That's the first step. And then mm -hmm. the second piece, the H, is have a clear description of it. Have a clear description of it. That means be incredibly specific, very specific. So important. This is not the time to be vague. Right. And I'll just tell, you, tell a funny story. We're shopping for a house. And one of the things, this was hilarious. One of the things that the universe did, did was we, we made a list of what mm -hmm. we wanted in our house that we're shopping for. And one of the things that we wanted was an office that overlooked green and water, right? So we wanted, you know, trees out there and you know, right. water and uh, that was on the and list. And very so, specific, green right? and water, very specific. You think specific. that's specific, yeah. don't you? Well, here's what happens. We get to this house. And we're loving the house. It's checking all the boxes, right? We go into the office, and the office is this tiny little office that overlooked a few trees 
and a hot tub. Oh, <laughs> not, so, so it was yes. green and it was water, but not what your vision was. But it was a hot tub. And Kate just went, my wife, Kate, who does a lot. I tend to move when I'm working. I tend to be walking and, and, and I like to move. I'm not a person that sits in my office. So anyway, she just said, I, I can't work and over and overlook the hot tub i just it just it doesn't feel expansive i want to feel and it was very small so anyway that was just really funny so when you think about what you want have a really clear description of it and then the i and think is insert gratitude and that means visualize the item as if it's already here and be grateful for it and and when you move to that space and you're in your ingratitude that creates an energetic shift it's not, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Where's the thing that I want? How do I get to this thing I want? Oh, right? When you move your mind to gratitude as if it's already here, what starts to happen is you will start to manifest the resources, the people, the tools that you need to achieve the thing that you want. Because when you're visualizing the thing is already here and you're grateful for it, your subconscious mind actually thinks you've already achieved it. That's You're exactly right. You have to actually feel it. I mean, like, yeah. feel it. Yeah. So, so what ends up happening is the subconscious thinks you've achieved the thing. The conscious mind knows you haven't. So now you've got this battle going on. There's a tension between the conscious mind and the subconscious. Subconscious thinks you've achieved the goal. Conscious knows you haven't. So now that battle going on, the subconscious is the much more powerful of the two, Right. When you have that battle going on, it creates something called structural tension. That structural tension on the mind is responsible for desire. Desire gets created from structural tension. So all of a sudden, you want that thing like you can eat it, you can drink it, you sleep it, you taste it, you want it at a level that you've never wanted it before. That also affects how you show up. So all of a sudden, you're starting to show up more powerfully, right? You're in gratitude as if it's already here. So now let me move to the N, right? So we've got think about what you want, have a clear description of it, insert gratitude. The N is notice what shows up because that's what happens. You're mm-hmm. going to start to manifest resources, people. You'll start to get this gut feeling, oh, maybe I should call John, who I haven't talked to in six months, or Marsha, who I haven't talked to in six months. Follow right. the gut intu- intuitions that start to come. Notice what is showing up in your experience. Who's showing up in your experience? Because the next step in the creation is going to be noticing that thing. Mm -hmm. And then the K is keep moving in faith, which means usually these solutions, they show up. It'll be in your experience. You'll manifest it right to you. Mm -hmm. And then the keep moving in faith is because notice this. This happens every time. The thing that shows up will scare the bejesus out of you. It'll make you incredibly uncomfortable. And it will usually be either emotionally or financially expensive. Nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. The the things that show up are never, ever, ever convenient. (laughs) And and therefore, if you have fought it and and asked for it and it shows up and you ignore it. This is where people get messed this is where they get messed up. Because they're not willing, unfortunately, they're not willing to move in faith. And if they were just to move in faith, then the thing would start to manifest. It would, it would take them to the thing they want. And I've got such a story on this. Like The most powerful example of this was five years ago when I had to rebrand my company. And I'll tell this story in a, in a brief way. Um, 
I, I was dating my previous business partner. And I don't know if you've heard this story. Before, I have, so. but it's great. It's a great story yeah. and it brings a beautiful ending. So go ahead. Yeah. So I dated my previous business partner. We were dating for eight years and I learned that there was, a, there was an affair going on and I'm not blaming or I'm not making victim or just that's what was going on. We both created that experience. And, but I decided to leave the relationship because that was going on. So I left right away, left, lost my house lost my relationship and lost my business all in one full swoop. Was living at my dad's house, sleeping in my sister's princess bed. It had the real tassels and all that stuff, the whole thing, real princess bed. <laughs> 45 year old man in a princess bed. That is the epitome of sexy, yeah. is it not, Meg? Right? <laughs> I gotta tell you, the vision is just overwhelming. Carry on. Yeah. So anyway, so I was all heartbroken and all my ego was, you know, took a real beating on that for sure. Understand. And I got this opportunity, right? to take a trip to Italy. And again, think about what you want. I knew what I wanted. I wanted a healthy relationship and I wanted my business back, right? Have a clear description of it, had that. I was visualizing, trying to insert gratitude, which was pretty difficult because I was in a pretty tough state at right. that particular moment. And then I noticed what showed up and it was a trip to Italy. And my gosh, the, the retreat was being sold for $16,000 in Italy. And it was a branding retreat for how to rebrand your company. So I was like, Oh my gosh, it's $16,000. Plus the travel, plus plus the the trip. And I'm sure you had people in your life going, what are you crazy? You can't invest that right now. You can't possibly do that. And um, I was talking to this person as a person that might want to sell this retreat for her. So she, what she said was, if you're considering selling it, I'll let you come for eight. And so it was 8,000. And then I was still freaked out, right? So I had this massive thing going on. And then she literally asked me this because she knew me pretty well. She said, Chris, if you don't come on this retreat, will you be out of integrity with what you teach? Pretty good question. Good and I went, question. yeah, great, great question. And I immediately realized because that's what I teach, you know, notice what shows up, move in faith. And here this thing showed up and I'm unwilling to move in faith. And I said, oh my God, I would be out of integrity. And as soon as I realized I'd be out of integrity, I handed her my credit card. And I put it all on a credit card and I flew my broken hearted butt all the way to Italy. And I told everybody I was going to write the male version of eat, pray, love. That's what I said. Cause I was broken hearted, grabbed my journal, you know, crying the whole thing. Yeah. So I get to Italy. I spend two, two days in Italy by myself just to find my way around, learn the language. And then the retreat starts. Well, on the first day of that retreat, I met my wife. Who is? Such an incredible gift. I mean, she is so lovely. So, yeah. yeah. And everybody says, not everybody says, but it'd be easy to say that I was really lucky. But because I know and I understand that model, that was not luck. That was a state of awareness that said, this has shown up. And if something shows up in our experience now, we're worthy of it now. That's why it's been presented. It's here for that reason. It's calling us to the next level. And if we're not willing to step in and we're not willing to move in faith, it ends up being a huge inhibitor to our success. And that's true. It's true. It's so true. So true. So true. Wow. Thank you for sharing that model with us. And yeah, my pleasure. And I, I would challenge all of you to be thinking about each one of those five letters and how you're allowing them to show up in your life and how active you're being in creating your the the business the future the whatever it is in your life that you're looking for
So Chris, as our time is wrapping up today, what haven't I asked you or what's left on the table that we want to be sure to cover? Well, I think that the biggest thing, you know, is, and I'll, I'll share this in a really quick way, just, just when, when selling, the thing that I think we all have to understand is we have to ask questions that cause people to convince themselves rather than trying to convince. Ask questions that help people convince themselves. Uh, convince themselves. And then it's knowing and understanding that a client, what potential client will come to you with something called a seen problem, right? That's the problem they know they have, right? I, I might need a coach for this. So they show up, here's my seen problem, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as somebody has a problem and if they've had it for a little while, what happens is they say, I have a problem. I have this problem, right? We've yes, heard it. like we've embodied it. I yes, have. I have yes. So as soon as we say, I have that, what happens is the ego gets attached to the problem, mm-hmm. right? I have the problem. The problem becomes part of our sense of self, right? So then when the solution to that problem shows up, when that, when that solution shows up, the ego sees that solution as a threat because in order for a new sense of self to come in, the ego says, oh, my current sense of self has to die. So the ego gets incredibly threatened. Mm-hmm. And that's where all these objections come in. Let me think about it. Let me talk to my spouse. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Blah, 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 blah. All that stuff comes up because the ego is conditioned to protect itself, right? So one of the key skill sets, Meg, that everybody has to learn is during the sales conversation, learn the skill set of asking questions that cause an additional problem to get revealed. If a new problem gets revealed, a problem they were unaware of when they sat down with you, they have no ego attachment to that problem. Oh, isn't that interesting? And then there's no resistance to the solution to that problem because there's no ego attachment. So they will buy the solution to the newly revealed problem. And let me go right back to the story I just told you. I had a price objection. It was an $8,000 price objection. My scene problem was I needed to brand my new company. That was my scene problem, right? When she asked me the question, if you don't come on this retreat, will you be out of integrity with what it is that you teach? She revealed an unseen problem, which was I'd be out of integrity if I don't go. Which problem created the sale? The unseen problem was the unseen problem. No ego attachment. $8,000 price objection immediately gone in an instant. Understanding this and learning how to implement this in our enrollment conversations is where the gold is. So the thing that I want to say here is stop, stop, stop just selling the solution to the same problem. Ask better questions reveal a new problem, and sell the solution to that one. So Chris, how can people stay in touch with you? Yeah, the easiest way is to find me on Facebook. On Facebook, I have a private Facebook group. It's it's called Sales Mastery Inner Circle. So just hop over to Facebook, type Sales Mastery Inner Circle into the search bar. That'll take you right to my complimentary group. You'll answer three quick questions, and my virtual assistant will pop you right into the group. And inside that group, I do a live show every Thursday. So free content every single Thursday inside of Sales Mastery Inner Circle. 
So what a great way to get more of Chris. Thanks for the invitation and uh, let's join him on Facebook. And thanks again for, for being a part of the show today. All right. Thank you. I'm so grateful to Chris Kenny for bringing his special sauce to the show today. I encourage you to stay in touch with his teachings. And if you want that link again for his Facebook group, go to starcoachshow.com, episode 199. I have all of Chris's contact information there, the link to his Facebook group, and just once again, want to thank him for what he brought forward today for all of us. Now, next week is our 200th episode. Looking at the purpose of the show in creating strategies, tools, and resources for all of you in your coaching, I wanted to do something special for the 200th episode. So I reached out to several experienced coaches these coaches have miles under their feet and we can learn so much from each of them. And I asked them one simple question and allowed them to take that wherever it made sense for each of them. So the question you're going to have answered for you next week by numerous coaches is, what do you know now that you wished you'd known when you first started coaching? Now you might think, well, I'm an experienced coach, so I don't need to listen to that episode. I will tell you that I'm an experienced coach. And when those came in, I was like a kid in a candy store, such good information. And it was so interesting to me how each coach had their own take on how to respond to that question. So definitely come back next week for show 200 and learn what those different coaches had to say. I encourage you to join me every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern for a discussion on Facebook Live of all things coaching. The link for that is also in the show notes for episode 199. And then finally, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast because the more rates and reviews we get, the more coaches find our show. And isn't that the whole reason for doing this? So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week. Take care of one another. Be good to yourself.